0: my yo And a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you, as the Lord allows us this time, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 p.m., and then we repeat the program, 10 o'clock on those same days. Of course, Fridays, Cheryl joins me here for two hours of Friday Live, and I'm thanking God for the opportunity to come and serve you today, my friends, on this uh, Lovely day outside, windy uh, and a little chilly, but uh, the sun is out, so that's good. Um, and uh, today, uh, I thought I had a couple things. Actually, I, what I was doing today, earlier today, um, giving our property here its first lawn mowing. You know, <laughs> We have a lot of property here. And as I mentioned to you uh, a while back, a couple days ago maybe, uh, or whenever I mentioned it to you yesterday maybe, uh, That about oh maybe I'm going to say maybe seven years ago six or seven years ago our good friend Gary, um, purchased for us a a a lawn cutter you know those zero turn things because we were spending a lot of money every uh, and especially in the summertime every uh, few weeks getting the lawn cut so anyway I do that now and I've been doing it for a number of years Uh, so I did that today Um, but uh, I do want to throw a great big thank you out to to Gary. And to his friend and our friend Joe, who uh, kind of saved me because <laughs> I had just finished cutting uh, most of the, the property and I was coming back up the driveway and I saw a couple of tufts of, of uh, high grass that I missed and I pulled the tractor off the, the side of the, uh, <laughs> the uh, driveway and uh, those tufts of grass that were growing were just uh, growing out of very thick mud. So the tractor got stuck in the mud, and uh, I'm here by myself, obviously, and I can't get I can So I called Gary, and he, uh, he's our angel, and uh, he called his friend, because Gary was not in the area, but called his friend, who is in the area, to come over with a chain and uh, pulled out the tractor for me. So uh, thank you, Jesus, for Gary and Joe for once again <laughs> coming to the rescue. They're like superheroes, these guys. Uh, we have our troubles here. So we thank God for, for them. I have to, you know, I, so what I was doing when I was sit, sitting in the mud, actually in the tractor, thinking, okay, what about today's program? I'm always thinking about the program. It reminded me of uh, that uh, story about St. Teresa of Avila, who uh, was a great quote. She was going out on a post, you know, one cold, rainy night, and she was in the carriage, and, and the carriage hit a rock or something or a, a hole and kind of threw her out of the carriage and into the mud. And she was just, you know, just in, in this mud bog, <laughs> covered in the rain and the cold. And she looked up to the Lord and said, Lord, if this is how you treat your friends. No wonder you have so few. So I was thinking about that. And I thought, you know what, let's go. Let's go to St. Teresa of Babel today. So later on in the program, I found some, you know, she was very well, is very well known for having these beautiful ecstasy visions. And uh, I thought, you know, in the midst of all the the death talk <laughs> that we're hearing out there. Uh, let's share with you, I'm going to share with you some of her visions of heaven, paradise, uh, because uh, praise God, you know, that's where we're all supposed to be eventually anyway. So we'll do that. I also have a Holy, Holy Father's homily this morning uh, from the Casa Santa Marta, and Holy Father Pope Francis this morning, his uh, theme for his homily was the entirety of God's love is found in the crucifix. So we'll do that. I also want to share with you uh, today's f- reading from the Acts of the Apostles, one of my favorite. Everything in the Acts of the Apostles gets me excited about, <laughs> about mission and evangelization. But a great uh, reading today from the Acts. So all that, my friends, uh, coming. Let's first pray. And of course, uh, if you're listening on one of our four uh, radio stations here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, that's great. Or perhaps you're listening on our streaming audio from our website at domesticchurchmedia.org. Or perhaps you have downloaded our free mobile app, which I hope more and more people do. I think we're close to 1,000 downloads on the iPhone, which is great. And I see that that, that people are listing uh, on the app in um, Europe and uh, in Africa, in India, of course, here in the U.S. So that's great. We're going all over the world. And uh, so we're coming to you live uh, on streaming audio as well in our mobile app. Uh, you could also, if you have a Google Home or Amazon Alexa uh, home speaker device. All you have to say on either of those devices is play domestic church media and boom, we're there. And of course coming to you live video right now uh, on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domestic church media, on our Facebook page, live video at Facebook.com slash domesticchurchmedia, and also streaming live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. So All over the globe, my friends, and uh, we never know who's listening or watching, but we know that we can all come together at this very special time to pray with and for each other. So raise up your special intentions right now. Uh, Keep in your prayers our angels, uh, uh, Gary and Joe, who uh, uh, pulled my tractor out of the mud today, and that's that, so I could finish cutting the lawn, which is great. Also, I did get a a text, uh, a, a mom texted and asked us to please pray for her daughter, that God can put nice, sincere friends in her life. You know, a a very difficult thing um, uh, for a parent to watch their child suffer from any kind of loneliness. So let's let's, uh, pray for that as well. And whatever your intentions are now, my friends, raise them up, and we begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Of course, we're praying for all of the victims of the coronavirus, both those who have uh, contracted it, those who have passed away from it, those who have family members who uh, have passed away. People have lost their jobs, you know, and people are losing their jobs because of this. Businesses are closing. Uh, So we pray for all that as well. We know that there's no virus stronger than Almighty God. We know that God, just by willing it, can make this virus disappear and vanish. Uh, So let's go to the Lord. You know, maybe that's what we need to do as a country right now. We've, We've so many times in the past number of years turned our backs on Him. Uh, Let's go to the Lord now in in all humility and beg his protection from this and and that we can pull ourselves out of this and get back to normal. And we're praying this prayer that Holy Father Pope Francis composed uh, to our Blessed Mother. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that, as you did at Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God, Do not despise our pleas we who are put to the test and deliver us from every danger o glorious and blessed virgin amen and our prayer to saint michael and uh, the beautiful ancient prayer to blessed mother that holy father pope francis asks us to pray every day to protect the church from the attacks of the devil and so we pray saint michael the archangel defend us in battle be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God, do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, Pray for us, Saint Pope John Paul II. Pray for us, Our Lady of Good Remedy. Pray for us, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, again, my friends, as always, I thank you for praying, and I encourage you. You know, send your prayer requests in. As I tell you every day, you know, I I, I love when I come in in the morning to go into our chapel and pray morning prayer, and then before I leave uh, at night, I, I pray evening prayer always include you and your intentions and those of you who take the time to write your beautiful little notes to us so with your donations and your prayer requests and prayer intentions you know we take them there too as well so uh, please keep them coming and uh, if you were with us monday you heard bruce is back here now one on the first and third mondays of every uh, every month so um he'll be back in another couple of weeks to pray so again keep those prayer intentions coming we'd love to pray for you and uh, that is such a special way uh, to be united you know, we're all so isolated right now, but uh, as we say, and if you have this radio program on, you're probably at home in your domestic church and uh, praying together and uh, the beautiful, beautiful abode in which God has placed you with your loved ones during these times of, of difficulty in the world. But, you know, our, our homes, our domestic churches are places of consolation, of peace, of love, of, of, of faith, of trust, uh, prayer, and so uh, it's, you know... We look at the bright side of all this, you know. There's there's some really good things being brought out from this trial. But as Holy Father prayed in this prayer, and as we pray with him, that we will soon again have the joy and 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 uh, have joy in fasting after the trial. Let's just keep praying for that. You know, we're getting. In fact, Cheryl and I were talking about it this morning. We're getting to a point uh, in time here in our, you know, where we are here in the Northeast, where Spring. We're in spring. We've now into the second month of spring, and hopefully soon we're going to start seeing much warmer temperatures and and beach season. And you know you're, it's going to be hard keeping um, Jerseyans away from the shore. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to do that if they try to pull that. I don't know. Uh, but we have to trust in God. That's the key. see, so you have to trust in God and not fear and not panic. Uh, again, there's a lot of, you know, there's so many elements in this situation that we find ourselves in uh, where there's been, um, you know, a lot of uh, fear-mongering, so to speak, and all kinds of stories, and you know, people are searching for truth, you know, what what are the facts, And uh, but we just stay close to the Lord and let Him guide us. Let the Holy Spirit guide us, you know, in, in all the things we do. You know, you follow the government guidelines, do all the things they're telling you to do. Um but let's trust in the Lord that He's the one. I think who was it uh, was it Governor Cuomo who said that God's not doing, God's not going to cure this. We we're going to do it <laughs> or something to that effect. Mamma mummy, what kind of Italian home did he grow up in? All right, so let's do this. Let's uh, go to today's Acts of the Apostles, the first reading from from Holy Mass. And don't forget, you know, my friends, we have Mass broadcast here on our stations three times a day. It's live at eight o'clock in the morning from EWTN. We repeat that same Mass again at noon, and then we repeat it again 7 o'clock at night. So I hope you're uh, taking advantage of that. You know, some quiet time in your domestic church. Put the radio on. You can follow the readings on our uh, domestic church uh, media mobile app, uh, as well as listen to the program, listen to the Mass being broadcast. So, uh, I mean, it's just a great way to just kind of put yourself in God's presence and make that spiritual communion every day. You know, make that, that holy spiritual communion every day. You know, one day we will once again be able to receive the Eucharist. And oh my goodness, how, how we are all, I'm sure, hungering for that beautiful bread of life. And, uh, but in the meantime, we can make a spiritual communion during the broadcast of the masses. So I'm going to go to my Domestic Church Media mobile app right now, and I'm going to click on the um, Pray icon on the bottom. And there right on top says Daily Mass Readings. I'm hitting that. And here we go. This is a reading from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. And again, I'm doing this throughout Easter because, they, again, Mother Church gives us the Acts as the first reading in our Mass uh, throughout Easter season. And it really is, for me, it's very invigorating to, to read about the, the first century church and those early, early disciples, you know, and, and how the church grew. Uh, so let's go. This is um, a reading from the Acts of the Apostles. The high priest rose up and all his companions, that is, the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, laid hands upon the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, the angel of the Lord opened the doors of the prison, led them out and said, Go and take your place in the temple area and tell the people everything about this life. When they heard this, they went to the temple early in the morning and taught. When the high priest and his companions arrived, they convened the Sanhedrin and full senate of the children of Israel and sent to the jail to have them brought in. But the court officers who went did not find them in the prison, so they came back and reported. We found the jail securely locked and the guards stationed outside the doors But when we opened them, we found no one inside. When the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests heard this report, they were at a loss about them as to what this would come to. Then someone came in and reported to them, the men whom you put in prison are in the temple area and are teaching the people. Then the captain and the court officers went and brought them, but without force because they were afraid of being stoned by the people. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You, you, you gotta love it. I mean, you really, you really have to have to love this. Remember, remember we we're talking about the apostles. <laughs> the apostles who on Good Friday ran and hid. And Peter denied he even knew Jesus three times. So now here they are, after having received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Unafraid. Here, not only did the, the the high priest had them jailed. When the angel come and let them go and said, "Now go back out and teach the people," they did. They didn't. They didn't hesitate. They went right back out there. They weren't afraid. They had as I used to love when John Paul would say, "Coraggio, coraggio, have courage." And you know, my friends, we're in a in a in a point I think in in in. Salvation history. I don't know where we are in salvation history as far as the second coming. No one knows that. A lot of people are saying this is the beginning of the end. Well, the beginning of the end happened when Jesus ascended into heaven. That was the beginning of the end times right there. Because the next step was he's going to return. And that was 2,000 years ago. Now, it could be another 2,000 years before he does come back. It could be two minutes from now. Who knows? Regardless, we are at a point now where we're seeing in 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 many parts of the, of the world, uh, physical persecutions of of Christians, uh, pe- people being martyred, people being jailed, people being you know uh, threatened with violence. We're not there yet here, but it was a little bit um, disconcerting, uh, not a little bit a lot disconcerting. I think uh, over Easter, when we heard about so many of uh, people around the country who were um, Hoping to have some type of church service, uh, and uh, at one, I think it was Kentucky, where the police came and they were taking the license plate numbers of the cars that were in the lots of the church. I mean, my goodness, drive by a Lowe's or a Home Depot, the parking lot is packed. <laughs> no one's taking those license plates. It's uh, that that's I think, but this is kind of what 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 I find very very uh, upsetting is that I I don't know what the I don't think we know what the rules are and who's making the rules that we do have. But as Christian people, as followers of Jesus Christ, especially during this glorious Easter season, we are asked by our mother of the church in our daily mass readings to look at the first, church, the first century church and see what made that so special and see why it grew so rapidly. Nobody was questioning their faith. They knew their faith. They knew what they had to do. They knew who they were. They knew what Jesus had had, had taught them. And these apostles, these men who... Uh, were so afraid on Good Friday right, and, and, and days after until the Holy Spirit came, even with Jesus in their midst, but it was the descent of the Holy Spirit at that first Pentecost that gave them this courage and this desire to and this mission. You know, Jesus, before he ascended into heaven, told them and told us, go out into the whole world and bring the good news. And throughout the Acts of the Apostles, we'll see all of the persecutions, all of the, the, the imprisonments, all of the, 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 the uh, violence against the Christians and the, and, and, and the followers of Jesus, but it didn't stop them. Now, you know, we're at a place right now where churches are locked, and not ever. You know, here in in the Diocese of Trenton, they they are, but they're not in um, the Metuchen Diocese. Churches are open. They're not having public mass, but they're having—people are able to go into the churches, spend time before the tabernacle, or to go to adoration in some cases. I believe— that the churches in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia are still open. Again, nobody's having public Mass. But there's still this opportunity to go to the church building at times. And it's tough. People miss Mass. People miss the sacraments. You know, and, and we look at the, the hardships of the early church, and we think, are we there again? But if we are, we have opportunity to, to grow, to become a vibrant church. And it was our Holy Father Pope Benedict who said at his first trip here to the U.S. after becoming pope back in 2005, I believe, that he really believed there would be a remnant church, a smaller, stronger, but smaller church. And I'm wondering how many people who are uh, fearing, uh, you know, getting the getting the virus and dying from the virus, and, and you know, and and uh, contracting it, and 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 you know, nobody wants to die. Nobody goes out to look for death, but we all know we're going to. And as I'm going to share with you later on in the program, some of her visions uh, from Saint Teresa of Avila. Her her visions of of, of heaven. I mean, she had horrible visions of hell. Do I'm not I'm not going there. We're going to go and read about her visions of paradise because hopefully that's our ultimate destination. That's where God wants us to be, and most important, that's where we want to be. So when we read about the apostles being imprisoned and then the angel coming and letting them go and they go right back out and, and do and do what they were imprisoned for nothing was going to stop them, and that's why the church grew so rapidly. That's why today we have the same opportunity to, to, to evangelize, like to give great witness and not be afraid. Now, Holy Father, this morning, Pope Francis, in his homily, uh, was talking about the entirety of God's love is found in the crucifix. The Holy Father said, the crucifix is not just a symbol or a simple wall decoration. It is the entire expression of the love of God who sent his Son to die for us and for our sins. Pope Francis said, how many people, how many Christians spend time looking at the crucifix? People find everything there because they understood the Holy Spirit made them understand that there is all knowledge, all the love of God, all Christian wisdom, there in the crucifix. And Pope Francis emphasized that a crucifix is not just a decorative object to hang on the wall. And he urged us, so this is something we could be doing, you know, in our domestic churches. I know all your, all our domestic churches. You, we all have crucifixes in our homes, don't we? Holy Father said, "Look at the crucifix in silence. Look at the wounds." Look at the heart of Jesus. Look at the whole Christ crucified, the Son of God, annihilated, humiliated for love. And, of course, he's reflecting on today's Gospel, which is John 3, uh, verses 16 through 21, one of the most well-known, you know, for God sent his only begotten Son. Uh, And Holy Father um, reflected on that passage, pointing out that there is everything here in the crucifix. Catechesis, theological reflection, uh, paronesis, uh, there's everything in this chapter in John 3. And he said, and every time we read it, we encounter more wealth, more explanations, more things that make us understand the revelation of God. In this passage, Jesus tells, us, tells the Pharisee Nicodemus, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but might have eternal life just think about that my friends here you are listening or watching Catholic radio i've made my entire life doing what we're doing here by god's grace i never uh, thought that i would be doing this but but when god asks you to do something you 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 just drop everything and do it and i believe we believe with all our hearts that uh, so many years ago, God was leading us in this direction and finally gave us our marching orders to do what we're doing. And, uh, you know, I used to say, and, and still, who knows, one day we could have stormtroopers walk through this door and, and take us out in chains because we're we're preaching Jesus and it's illegal to preach Jesus. Who knows? I don't care, though. I'll keep going. They have to take me out in chains, take me out in chains. And I hope we all have that same—and I hope I, when the time comes that I have that conviction to be able to do that. Because it's not about this world. It's about where God wants us to be with him forever, for all eternity. And so when we listen to this, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son— and this applies now for us. Here's why, This is why you're listening or watching. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. So everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. And isn't this, I mean, this is why we're living. We weren't created for this world. We were created for the next. But because of the sin of our first parents, we're here right now in exile. But we believe, and you believe, so that we might not perish, and we might have eternal life. The Holy Father said the first point he wanted to make in his homily this morning is that Christ's death on the cross for our salvation shows what he said was the madness of God's love for his children. God loves us, and he loves us, as a saint says, like madness. God's love seems like madness, the Holy Father said. Whenever we look at the crucifix, we find this love. And the Holy Father highlighted our Lord's line in the gospel about the people who preferred darkness to light because their works were evil. You know, <laughs> without naming any names, if you listen to the, to the stories, uh, read the news or watch the news or listen to the news or watch, you know, uh, what's going on, there seems to be a lot of evil out there. Just seems to be a lot of evil, and I think that we're—this whole situation uh, that we find ourselves in, there are very strong, strong elements of evil, As I said, a lot of it, so much of it doesn't make any sense to me. When you read about states like New Jersey, like New York, and other states that consider abortion services to be essential services, while at the same time saying you can't go to church, think about that. So, Holy Father says, everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come toward the light. I'm sorry, this is these are our Lord's word. For everyone who does not, does wicked things hates the light and does not come toward the light, so that his works might not be exposed. There are people, us too, many times. Holy Father said, who cannot live in the light because they are used to the darkness. Calling these people human bats, he said, they are blinded by the light and only know how to move at night. And we too, when we are in sin, are in the state. We don't tolerate the light. It's more comfortable for us to live in darkness. The light smacks us, shows us what we don't want to see. And the Holy Father warned that the eyes of the soul get used to living in the darkness and lose all their sense of what the light is. This state is clearly visible in the scandal and corruption of the world. The Holy Father said, but we too, when we are in the state of sin, in a state of estrangement from the Lord, we become blind and feel better in the darkness and go like this without seeing, like the blind, moving as we can. And Pope Francis said, let, us, uh, let the love of God, who sent Jesus to save us, enter us. And the light that brings Jesus, the light of the Spirit, enter us and help us to see things with the light of God and with true light. And then after Mass this morning, Holy Father led Eucharistic adoration and benediction. Pope Francis sees the evil in the world, you know, and there's that great image. And I I wish more people would talk about this than other things they, they send out on Twitter and every other social media the image of our Holy Father in St. Peter's Square, vacant St. Peter's Square, holding the monstrance to the world. Uh, The Vicar of Christ holding the monstrance to the world, the living Lord, you know, to fight that evil that's out there. Look to the crucifix. All right, I'll take a break. When I come back, we're going to go to St. Teresa of Avila and visions of heaven. That's what we want to see. So stay where you are. More to come on Come to Me.
1: all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? It's a good question. I gave a huge hug this morning. We've actually organized a date night tonight. I took the baby while she worked. Um, I sent my husband a love email. I have carried my wife's purse. I shopped. We talked. I made my wife laugh. She's still laughing. (laughs) What have you done for your marriage today? Do something a little special. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign.
0: Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio.
1: There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that. Because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by it.
0: Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you.
1: We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word.
0: 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen.
1: Now, in order to understand the knowledge of God, you must make a distinction between foreknowledge and predetermination. The two are not identical. God indeed does foreknow everything, but he does not predetermine us independently of our will and our merits. Just suppose that you knew the stock market very well. And because of your superior knowledge of business conditions, you said that such and such a stock within six months would be selling ten points higher than it is now. Suppose six months later it actually sold ten points higher. Would you have predetermined and caused it to be ten points higher? Although you foreknew it. There were other influences where there are not besides your superior knowledge.
0: The people you know and trust are on EWTN
1: on these domestic church media stations.
0: Ambler to Avon-by-the-Sea.
1: Burlington to Bradley Beach.
0: From Yardley to Yardville, Bryn Athen to Brielle.
1: Neshanik Station to Normandy Beach.
0: Princeton to Pendell. Proclaiming the Joy of the Gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. All right, welcome back. And in just a moment we're going to go to St. Teresa of Abala talking of her visions when she saw people rising to heaven (laughs) great visions and uh, we'll get to that in just a bit but before we do that again my friends just to make a little pitch here you know that we are here because of you and that uh, we know people are in you know a very, very uncertain state you know Cheryl was furloughed from her church job so uh, she's been out of work for uh, about four or five weeks now, and uh, the unemployment hasn't come in yet. We're still waiting to see what the whole, well. We know what the holdup is. There's hundreds and thousands of uh, you know claims in, in New Jersey. So anyway, so we we know the we know when you start feeling the pinch, you know you you count on a, a second uh, income, and you, you know you that's not there. So we understand, but we also know that there are people who right now aren't, aren't yet feeling anything. You've not been affected. You're still working and you're still getting paid and everything seems to be going along the same path that was going along six months ago. And Anyway, whatever you can do, I ask you please to pray and look into your heart and uh, help us financially because we do need your donations. Uh, we can't do any of this without you and uh, we count on you. So thanks to all of you who are. Responding, I, I'm only going to the post office once a week now, so, um, you know, just because to avoid any kind of contact and so socially distancing myself from the post office. Um, but anyway, you can write to us and send a check that way if you like. Or a quick and easy way to do it is online using a debit or credit card uh, because it's all virtual. We get it right away, and uh, you, know, you don't even have to go out to the house out of the house, and I don't have to go to the post office. Um, but we do need you. And I, I just ask you, you know, we we postponed our radiothon. It's not been canceled, but we're just waiting, you know, waiting to see when things start to open up again, when might be a good time to have it, because we have to have it. Our radiothon every year uh, helps us raise uh, about 40 to 42 percent in the past couple of years, anyway, 42 percent of our uh, entire annual budget. So, um, we have to have it, and we will have it. We just don't know when yet. But in the meantime, we still need your support because our bills still keep coming in. They, the, the bills keep coming in, so we need to pay them. So I'm just asking you, please, if you uh, are, are contributing, thank you so very much. If you are not yet and you're able to, please consider it because we do we do need You, you know, um, the stimulus checks are going out. Many Many of them have been already deposited in people's accounts, and maybe you're one of those lucky people that, don't really need it. Maybe you want to make it a charitable donation. We, we certainly would accept it or part of it. Um, but pray about that, my friends, because we do need you. It's it's uh, you know, it's uh, just a very surreal situation, isn't it? You know, very surreal. We're all kind of waiting to wake up. I think. And say, I had this craziest dream that there was a virus, and but it's really happening. God's in control. Nothing to fear. Nothing to worry about. God will take care of it, and uh, worry will get you nothing, nothing. You know, worry, worry, worry gets you nothing. So Jesus said, you know, today is enough trouble of its own. Don't don't worry about tomorrow. So, uh, but we know that the Lord's in charge, and we know the Lord's in control, and He'll take care of everything. So just have courage and faith and believe. So if you can write to us, I give like the post office box address to Domestic Church Media. PO Box 7509 Trenton 08628 That's Domestic Church Media PO Box 7509 Trenton 08628 So this is from the autobiography of Saint Teresa of Avila. Saint Teresa lived 1515 15 to 1580 something. Um one of the most well-known uh, saints in our church and known for her her, her ecstasies and uh, so I thought you know with all the the madness that's going on in the world today all the the dire doom and gloom reports we're seeing in the ever you know if you watch the news at night the first thing they tell you is how many people died the numbers people are dying we know that and it's very 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 unfortunate obviously but we also know that, you know, we're not, we're not meant to be here. <laughs> we have a life to live and, and a mission in this world, a mission in this life from Almighty God, and we're called to, to live our life to the fullest. No one's out looking for death. No one wants to die. I should say no one wants to go through the process of dying, perhaps. We all know what's beyond death for us, right? Eternal life. That's what this whole Easter season's about. So let's go to St. Teresa of Avila to her, her autobiography and uh, share with you some of her visions. These are her own words. Now that I've begun to talk about visions about the dead, I will refer to some matters in connection with certain souls which the Lord has been pleased to reveal to me. For brevity's sake and because they are not necessary, for our prophet I mean, I will describe only a few of them. I was told of the death of a former provincial of ours. At the time of his death, he was provincial of another province, whom I had had to do with and had reason to be grateful for several kindnesses. He had been a person of many virtues. When I heard of his death, I was greatly perturbed, for I was fearful about his salvation, As he had been a superior for 20 years, this always causes me misgivings, for it seems to me a very dangerous thing to have the charge of souls. So St. Teresa was thinking that here's this provincial, and had been a provincial for 20-some years, and St. Teresa said that it was a little disturbing to hear about his death because Someone in that position who's in charge of souls, there's an enormous responsibility, right? So she was a little bit afraid, had some misgiving, she said. And she said, so greatly distressed, I went to an oratory. There I offered on his behalf all the good that I had done in my whole life, which must have been very little. And then I begged the Lord to make up the deficiency for that soul With his own merits, so as to deliver it from purgatory. And again, these are are the written words of St. Teresa of Avila from her autobiography. While I was praying to the Lord for him to the best of my ability, he seemed to me to rise up on my right hand from the depths of the earth, and I saw him ascend to heaven with the greatest joy. So here's this provincial that St. Teresa of Avila was worried about having been a provincial for 20 years and the enormous responsibility on this soul having been while on this earth in charge of so many souls that there would be a greater accountability. And and think about that, (laughs) you know. Uh, I think about, first of all, parents, parents who are, given beautiful, beautiful gifts from God and their children, and especially Catholic parents who are obligated to be the first heralds of the faith to those children to raise them properly in the faith. And if they don't, what happens in the end? You know, So St. Teresa is worried about this provincial having been in charge of somebody's souls so she she began to pray and and, and uh, offered on on his behalf in in her own prayer for his soul uh, all the good that she had done in her whole life and then asked the Lord to make up uh, the deficiency for that soul with his uh, with his own merits so to deliver this provincial from purgatory and while she was praying she she saw this uh, provincial Rise up, she said, on my right hand from the depths of the earth, and I saw him ascend to heaven with the greatest joy. Now, he had been actually been very old when he died. But St. Teresa said, But as I saw him then, he seemed to be about 30 or even less, and his face was bright and shining. So you've heard that before, right, that, you know, we know there's no age in heaven. And there's no times. So there's no age. But what does this? What does the soul look like? And here Saint Teresa says that he was, he looked like he was around thirty years old. Well, of course, our Lord was thirty years old when he started his public ministry. Thirty-three when he when he was crucified. And think about being thirty years old again. Those of you who are like me, so far away from that. I'd love to be 30 years old again physically. I don't think I'd want to go through the. <laughs> Although I shouldn't say that. You know, uh, uh, one night Cheryl and I were sitting a couple of years ago. We were sitting in our house. Our, our nest is empty. All the kids are grown out of the house. And I, a commercial came on with the young couple and celebrating a new baby. And and uh, Cheryl said, "You know, we have our three children. We're, we're two 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 years and less apart. You know, they were very close." And she said, "Would would would we go through? Would you want to go through that again?" I said, "Drop absolutely. Wouldn't we both want to go through that again?" You know. So I would love to. You know, you miss your your, your babies, but to to be physically, uh, feel physically the way you did when you were thirty, would be a great thing. So that's that's nice. Saint Teresa said she saw this uh, provincial who was very old when he passed away, but saw him rising up to heaven with great joy. Uh, looked like about thirty years old or younger, and his face was shining bright and shining she said this vision passed very quickly but i was so wonderfully comforted that i could never again grieve about his death although i found people greatly distressed by it for he was very much loved so saint teresa seeing where this soul is and seeing the joy on his face certainly can't can't uh, uh, grieve about the death but people who you know obviously the human condition When someone passes on, even though you know that they're with God, there's still that sense of absence in this life. And I always like to think, you know, when a soul uh, enters heaven, you know, we we have to wait to see that soul again because we're in time. But the soul is with God outside of time, never has to wait for us to see them again kind of a, you know, obviously a different state of being. We're waiting. We're, we're stuck in time and space. The soul now has been released from this and is with God in, 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 in an eternal state. So St. Teresa writes that um, uh, she, she was greatly comforted. Nothing troubled her. She said, I could not doubt that this was a genuine vision. I mean, that it was no illusion, He had not been dead more than a fortnight at this time. Nonetheless, I did not cease trying to get people to uh, uh, commend him to God and to do myself except that I could not pray with the same fervor as if I had not seen the vision. For once the Lord had revealed to me in that way, I could not help feeling that uh, uh, to want to uh, commend him to his majesty was like giving uh, alms to a rich man. I heard later about the kind of death which the Lord granted him, for he died a long way from here, she writes. It was one which caused me great edification. He was in such a complete possession of his faculties when he died, and so repentant and humble, I'm sorry, and so repentant and humble that everyone was astounded. So uh, grateful that this man had his his facilities, his faculties and was able to understand the need for repentance, for humility, to to seek God's mercy while he was in the process of of dying. And then St. Teresa, and these are the the words of St. Teresa of Avila, uh, again, in case you're just joining us, uh, from her autobiography about her visions of, of, of heaven, paradise. Uh, She said, A nun who had been a great servant of God had died in our house. And rather more than a day and a half later, there occurred the following incident. The office for the departed was being said for her in choir. A nun was reading the lessons, and I was standing there to assist her with the versicle. Halfway through the lesson, I saw the dead sister. Her soul seemed to be rising on my right hand as in the preceding vision and going up to heaven. This was not an imaginary vision, St. Teresa writes, as the last had been, but was like the others to which I have referred already. There is no more reason for doubting it, however, than for doubting visions which are seen. She said another nun who died in the same house of mine was about 18 to 20 years old. She had always had poor health, and she served God well, and was fond of choir and very virtuous. I certainly thought she would not have to go to purgatory, for not only had she suffered much from illness, but she had superabundant merits. About four hours after her death, while the hours were being said before she was buried, I perceived her in the same place, ascending to heaven." And she said, Writes, once I was in college of the company of Jesus, suffering severely in soul and body, as I have said, I sometimes used to and still do to such an extent that I was hardly capable of thinking a good thought. On that night, a brother of that house of the company had died. And while I was commending him to God as well as I was able and hearing a mass which was being said for him by another father of the company, I became deeply recollected and saw him ascending to heaven in great glory and the Lord ascending with him. I understood that it was by a special favor that his majesty bore him company. So these beautiful visions that St. Teresa saw of, of the soul rising up to heaven in great glory with uh, as she described one with a, a bright shining face and, and a great expression of joy. Uh, about thirty years old or a little younger than that, looking that age and, and and these are visions that she believed were real, they weren't illusions, they weren't you know dreams that she was being she was the Lord was blessing her and allowing her to see these visions of course are talking about a great saint here, and it should give us great comfort um one more, she said, another friar of our, our order, a good, very good friar, was extremely ill. And while I was at Mass, I became recollected and saw that he was dead and was ascending into heaven without passing through purgatory. He had died, as I afterwards heard, at the very hour at which I saw him. I was amazed that he had not gone to purgatory. I learned that as he had been a friar who had faithfully observed the rule, the bulls of the order had been of avail to save him from going there. I do not know why I was allowed to learn this. I think it must have been to teach me that being a friar does not consist in a habit. I mean, in the wearing of the habit, and that this does not itself imply the state of greatest perfection, which is that of a friar. So these wonderful, wonderful visions of the souls rising to heaven, you know, and and we go to something like Faustina's Diary. And we we hear about uh, again some of my favorite passages in Faustina's diary of what the Lord revealed to her about the the uh, the souls before uh, um, the Lord and and the expression of mercy to the soul. We have to remember that every single person ever created by Almighty God was created to be with Him forever in heaven. He didn't create any soul, not one. Didn't create that soul for death, but for life. Of course, the soul in this world, with the gift of free will that every soul, is, every person is given, can choose God or not in the end or throughout his or her life. But this is why, as, as our reading today, our Gospel today tells us, God sent his only begotten Son that anyone who believes in him will not die will not perish. As I said, you know, none of us is going around looking for death. <laughs> our, human, our human condition, uh, we, we want to live. You know, we, we. but we also know that we're going to die. You know, we're the only creature on this planet that knows it's going to die. Man, animals don't know they're going to die. They have no concept of that. They they might have instinct that kind of leads, and they say, "Well, they say elephants go off on their own." But that's instinct. That's not knowledge of death or awareness of of earthly demise. And they don't have souls. Animals don't have souls. But we created in the image and likeness of God. We know that we have a transition period in this life. We say death. Well, mortal death, the body ceases to to be alive because the soul leaves it the soul that is infused in our body at the moment of our conception by almighty God our soul and you know I always have to think too that our soul is ageless, you know the soul doesn't age the body's age we're aging right we're getting older from the moment we're 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 we're, we're conceived basically, <laughs> and the body gets to a certain point where it it just Stops, and the soul leaves. The soul has no age. The soul is ageless. And that's a, you know, think about that, how we, you know, you feel that sometimes. I think as you get older especially, you know, your spirit is saying, I can do this, and your body's saying, no, no, you can't. (laughs) Forget about it. You're not doing that. And you, you know... I haven't, I haven't swung a baseball bat in, in, in probably 25 years. I'd love to s- just see if I could hit a ball. <laughs> I used to love to play baseball when I was young, just to stand at home, play, have someone throw me a few pitches, and I'll see if I can hit it <laughs> and probably be sore for a week after a few swings. But this is the beauty of our, of, of our existence. We were created in God's own image and likeness, and as our catechism teaches us, when asked, why did God make us? God made us to know him, to love him, to serve him in this life so that we can be happy with him forever in the next. And there is a next life. I think part of the, the panic that we see in our current culture at the hands of this uh, tragic virus is people think that they don't know that, they don't believe it, that this is it. This is all we have, this life. And when this life is over, I'm done. I'm gone. I'm I'm. I'm I don't exist when we know, oh, no, that's so, so untrue. That's what the devil would like you to think, to despair. But what awaits us beyond this life is beyond human understanding. And here, just a little bit of touch of that, St. Teresa of Avila shared with us in her writings about seeing the joy on the faces of the souls ascending to heaven. Yeah, the bright, shining faces, once again looking like they're in their early 30s late 20s a beautiful time of life so we have that to look forward to we have that to work for we have that to pray for and hope for but during this beautiful easter season christ by his salvific action has gained that for us i gotta go tomorrow's thursday already i do hope you have a great rest of your day my friends and uh, i pray that uh, you'll join me again tomorrow Please support this work. We need you. Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Click on the Donate Now button. Make a little donation for us and help us out. We'd appreciate that. Uh, Have a great rest of your day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you.